everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Kelly O Show. I am thrilled to have Sandy Missouri with me uh, today on the show. Why? Because we're talking about a really cool topic, and I think so many of you who are listening are going to be like, thank God, this is so cool. Because even if you haven't been thinking about it, maybe front and center, I think quite a lot of you have probably pondered the idea of self-publishing or just getting a book if you've got a book idea, or maybe you've already written a book like me or books like me, and you've thought, do I try to get a publisher? Is that the route to go? Could I get a publisher? Could I get a book deal? How does that work? How much money? How much work? Um, Or should I self-publish? Is that like not legit? Is that not a good way to make money? Um, In fact, I've been exposed to quite a lot of tremendously successful individuals over the past three, four, probably five years um, who have made a tremendous, tremendous amount of money, some of them, um, and many of them just some really nice side hustle money from self-publishing on Amazon. And really, if you think about it, it is far I don't want to say lower risk, but just for the sake of example, yeah, lower risk um, for a pretty nice reward if you're willing to do the work, doing the work to, you know, kind of push that, push awareness of the availability of your book out there. So Sandy Missouri is an an expert in this area. In fact, she has not only a book uh, that we reference and you can, I believe she's uh, made it available where you can access it very cheaply on Kindle or download it for free. She's also got a ton of services um, around self-publishing because she has learned how to do it, how to do it well, and how to get people not only published on Amazon, but to bestseller status, which is incredible. I was very interested in this myself. And frankly, I will be self-publishing my, I've got at least two books, uh, potentially three that I will be self-publishing because what I've, again, I will just let you all know what I've heard from other individuals who have gone the self-publishing route is it's just a no brainer from them because you're talking about keeping 
set, I'm just going to estimate 75 to 85% of the earnings per book versus the opposite. When you go the traditional route, you're keeping maybe 10 to 15, maybe 20% of the sale of each book when you go the traditional publishing route. Um, so I, I know you're going to love this interview. You're going to learn a lot, a, a lot of wonderful actionable insights you can take away. Um, this is a two-part episode. We went a little bit over an hour. So probably each episode will be about 40, a little over 40 minutes or so. But I encourage you to sit back and get your notes out because you are going to not only want to take notes, but I'm sure head on over, follow and connect and potentially hire Sandy Missouri uh, because she really knows her stuff. What a fireball. Can't wait to have you listen to this episode. And certainly if you go out and get yourself self-published, make sure you send me a link. I'm happy to help promote your book uh, to our network. So you guys sit back again and enjoy this two-part interview with Sandy Missouri. Everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I am here with Sandy Missouri. Did I say your your last name correctly? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I turn myself up. I swear to God, I am more, I, I really have to learn to just trust my gut that like I can do it, but I am so, I'm so worried about butchering people's names. But anyway, I'm glad that I, I said that correctly. And I am so extremely, and I've got to find a different word other than excited. I, my first podcast producer was always like, Kelly, you say you're excited way too much, but I am. I'm, I'm thrilled that we're going to be talking about this topic of self-publishing because as you and I were discussing before we started recording, I've had uh, some publishers talk with me about publishing a book. This was way back in 2009. Um, I had like a a joint book deal and then I had a a singular book deal with a, um, a publishing agent. And then that kind of went back and forth for a year. It was just, it was a lot of work, a lot of presentations, if you will, a lot of presenting and it, it ended up, fall, everything just fell through. And I, I did learn a lot about traditional publishing. And I've certainly had a lot of folks within our Fitfluential network, um, a lot of fitness trainers, celebrity trainers, people I know who have gone the traditional route of publishing. And I've been able to kind of witness everything they went through with their, you know, what's it called when you first, you you book proposal. They'll they'll put mm-hmm. this big book proposal together with all these stats and da 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 da. And there's so much work just to get your your idea and your book pitched to somebody who's going to give you the kind of reminds me of like sororities in college. Like please like me, please give me yeah. the opportunity <laughs> so that I can pay you money to just you know be in your club. And with book publishing, traditional book publishing. It reminds me of that because you're basically begging somebody to take your money because you have the product that they're going to sell and they're going to take 75 to 80% of your profits and you still have to do all the legwork. Is, is that an accurate you know, kind of summary, a kind of a critical summary of traditional book publishing? Because we're going to talk about self-publishing, which is your area of expertise, but maybe we start off the show talking about that. How do you, what's your experience with traditional book publishing? And is that, is my skeptical view somewhat accurate? Well, so, I mean, first of all, I have to say that I have limited experience in the traditional publishing world. So, you know, my comments on that, I I really, you know, I can only say so much, but what I have seen is people come to me who have tried you know, um, traditional publishers or hybrid publishers and had really bad experiences. 
And so then they want to self-publish. So I can talk more obviously on, on self-publishing, but yeah, that, the, the challenge with the traditional publishing, first of all, is that you really only have five major big publishing houses, right? And then you've got a lot of of smaller publishers, you've got some independents, and then you've got your hybrid publishers. So first of all, of of the hybrid publishers, well, a lot of those hybrid publishers are calling themselves publishers, but if they're asking you to pay anything into it, they're not a publisher, they're a hybrid, right? So if it's it's not just... If it's not just we're going to take your manuscript and we're going to publish it and you are going to get a royalty and you can maybe they'll probably sell you author copies, right? You might have to pay for that, but they, they're not going to charge you for the publishing, a traditional publisher. The hybrid model, on the other hand, is that they have a distribution list that might be, um, they might have more distribution channels, more distribution agreements than um, an independent publisher or than, or than self-publishing. So they may have more connections. They may be able to get you um, into some bookstores. They may be able to get you into, a, you know, in front of a wider audience, but they're going to, they're going to require payment for that. Mm. Um, and so, so, you know, and then you have somebody like myself who I, I consider myself um, a self-publishing strategist and project manager. I do everything in your account so that you are in full control. You own all your assets. You could take me off the project if you wanted. Um, and so I do charge for that service, but everything's happening in your account. Whereas the hybrid publishers, everything's happening in their account. So they also have total control. And there are some that are actually pretty big names that, um, I don't want to name them because, you know, if you were to come to me privately and say, look, I'm thinking about working with this company, I would tell you, ah, maybe not the best idea. Mm. I've had people come to me and, and really have issues with this. Um, I would just say that if you are looking at a hybrid publishing contract or what you think is a traditional publisher that is going to be charging you, look very, very carefully at your contract and make sure that you have control of your assets, that you have control of your book, that you have final say on things that happen, right? Now, if we're talking about the, the big five traditional publishers, you have zero control. I mean, forget about it. You don't have control. You don't get to choose your cover. You don't get to choose how they move things around. And really, you don't. Yeah, no. Once once they accept your manuscript, it's basically theirs. Interesting. Um, but that's. I mean, not that it's not. It, it's not necessarily a bad thing, it, although it can be a very frustrating thing, right? If you have a definite vision of how certain things should be, and sure. they change it because that's going to make it more marketable or more this or more that. Um, but obviously anything that they do is with the eye of selling more books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really can't say that much about the traditional publishers. I mean, if you can get a sweetheart deal with an advance and everything else, Hey, more power to you. That's, you know, isn't that the dream? Um, but that's not what most people get unless they already are coming with a huge audience to, you know, mm-hmm. to serve up to the publisher. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly, it's not like it's black and white where it, it's either any of these options are necessarily like all bad, all good. So, you know, to me, um, you know, again, if you're somebody who has a 
a lot of clout and a big audience, you probably are looking at potentially getting a, a nice or a hefty advance. Um, and then, and then for you, you know, doing a book tour um, is you know potentially okay. I just, to me, you know, I I hosted Gary Vaynerchuk um, when he did his first book tour, and and I yeah. hosted him in Chicago, um, and I just remember like the work. And, and I'm, I don't say this as like, I'm bitching about it now, but I remember like how, and he was very creative, you know, he got his fans to, to do what, what I did and what others did in, and, you know, host events, get people there, get people buying the book. Um, and so he was working, he was traveling. I remember how exhausted he looked, you know, cause he's trying to go to all these cities, drum up all this publicity, drive all these book sales. And then, you know, I mean, truth be told, I remember that I spent $15,000 producing that event. Do you think I made $15,000? No. But right. at that point, I I met him. He was important to me. He still has been an important influence in my life. I wouldn't regret it for a second. But I mean, it was it was a lot of time. And, and that's when I started looking at like, I, I do remember when there were a couple of publishers who wanted this book done and they're like, well, and I by this time I had founded my company, my first company, Fitfluential. And so they're like, you're going to have to go on a book tour. And I'm like, who's going to pay for the hotel, you know, and, and it was going to be all my, my spending the money to stay in hotels, me spending the money mm-hmm. to go on a trip. And I know from experience in, on business trips, pretty much every week you go on a business trip, it's two grand. So if you mm-hmm. go on a book tour, you could be spending, if you're on tour, you know, for half the year, you could be spending $50,000 to yeah. go on a book tour. And then if you sell your books, and again, these, this is my paraphrasing. This is my understanding. A lot of authors that I've talked to say, expect to get one to $2 per book. So, you know, you sell 100,000 books, you make $200,000. That's if you sell 100,000 100, books. And the, the publishing company are taking, you know, if it's a $25 book, they're, key, you know, so that $20, the, the, most of that is going to somebody else, not you. That's a lot of work for a a small margin. In- right. Unless, no, no, of course, you know, if you, if you then are, um, you know, serious New York times bestseller, you're on the New York times list for months, you know, and you sold 10 million copies, but that $1 adds up. It's a different thing. True. But, but I want to back up for a second, even before we talk about the different types of publishers, the different publishing models. I think the first thing is to know what you want from your book, right? Because not every book, and and especially for the you know most of the clients that I work with, the point of their book is not to sell a million copies. I mean, of course, everybody would like it if their book would sell a million copies, but they're not necessarily looking to make money on their book so much as they're looking to make money through their book, right? So this is my my particular expertise is the business authority book. Right. So the business authority book is really designed to set you up as an expert and help you stand out in your field and help you stand out to your clients. Hmm. And in my opinion, um, it will become to uh, entrepreneurs and experts and business owners as important as a website and as ubiquitous as a website. Right. Um, so think back to 2000 when if in 2000 you had a website, it was like, oh my God, you must be like, you're for real. You're legit. You have a website and this is major. You must be a big company, right? You're a dot com. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So nowadays, if you were to meet somebody and they're like, oh, well, this is my business. The first thing you say is, okay, what's your site? And then if they say, oh, well, I don't have a website, then you're, you know, in the back of your mind, you're kind of like, are you really a business? 
Right. You sure you're an expert? So it's it, right now we're in this golden age of books, right? That at the moment, if you have a book, oh my God, like, wow, you, you're an author? You wrote that? Like, this is your book? Like, it's a huge, big deal. But I feel like, you know, in the next five years or so, that that authority book is going to be as ubiquitous as the website in that if you're an expert and you don't have one, and, and I'll admit that for me, since I'm in this industry, like, it's the first thing that I do when I meet somebody is I go to Amazon to see their book, you know? But, um, but if you don't have a website, it's, if you don't, I'm sorry, if you don't have a book, it's going to be kind of like, wait, you're really an expert? Like, where's your book, you know? So that's the first thing is you really need to figure out what is my goal with the book, right? So, and again, I'm going to, I'm really going to stick to nonfiction at the moment. Um, A, because that's mostly yeah. what your audience is looking at, exactly. writing fitness books and things like that. They're not really necessarily looking to be the next uh, J.K. Rowling and write the novel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if your goal is to give away your book, to bring in customers, to make it more of a lead generator, you might go about things differently than if your goal is to sell a million copies, right? I mean, you still want to do you still want to do your interviews, obviously. You still want to spread the word, but maybe you're going to be doing, for example, <laughs> my book is available for free on my website. At the end of at the end of the um, interview, I'll give out that link. Um, awesome. But I, you know, I really don't care if anybody buys that book. Like, I'm perfectly happy to, you know, for people to download it um, because it gives them the information they need and it gives them a way to get in contact with me. You know, and it is a legit book. You can buy it on Amazon, but you don't have to. Whereas I have other books, and this would be. Um, especially for your, your um, people who are doing recipe books, right? So I come out of the balloon industry. That's how I got into books. Um, I wrote my own book to train my clients. Hmm. And, and so out of my seven books, one is about writing books um, and six are about balloons. Four of those balloon books are recipe books. So in the balloon industry, we call it a recipe when you give a design. Here's how you build it. Here's the steps. Here's the materials, right? Wow. Um, it's not so much how to dip a latex balloon and mix the raw latex. It's what to do with those <laughs> balloons. But, but anyways, so those books are meant to sell, right? I mean, those were meant to make money on. And, um, you know, I, I have to admit that, especially since last year I retired from balloons and went fully into publishing, um, I don't promote them very much at all. They just kind of, they're just kind of on their own. But I had, I have a pretty big size YouTube channel. So I had an audience, but I, I generally average about three to $500 a month in book sales from Amazon. That's so not, not bad. bad. That's not bad at all. Um, you know, but the, but the thing is, like I said, I mean, in terms of, in terms of being able to get those sales, it's because I have, I call it my tripod, if you will. Right. I have my YouTube channel. I have my, my book. And then I've got my, um, the TV appearances and radio appearances and podcasts and things that I do like that. Right. So would and, you call this, um, uh, you know, a, a quote unquote passive income stream because you're, it's not like you're out doing a marketing campaign for this stuff. It's just that your regular activity is driving awareness and traffic and so yeah. you're making, I mean, 300 to $500 a month for a, a lot of people right now as extra money. And it's not, right. I'm, I, I want to be very clear, you know, for people that are new, I'm not suggesting you can go self-publish a book and that immediately you'll be making three to $500 a month, you know, everything like weight loss takes time. So I don't, exactly. And, and exactly. And I want to be really clear. It is not, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I mean, if, 
if weight loss is your topic, for example, right, we, we know that weight loss is really difficult to, um, to promote because it's so impacted in such a competitive field, right? Mm-hmm. So you're probably not going to try to, you know, outbid uh, Weight Watchers for, for ads and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, it's really going to probably be more grassroots, um, more podcasts, more giving your book away again, having it available for download on your website, um, making connections with, you know, once, once the world opens up again, well, actually, I don't know when this is going to be aired if we're still going to, but right, right now it's, it's COVID time. So yeah, um, well, we're just so that, you know, I mean, we're, you and I are recording this on April fools. No joke. Yeah. Um, right, right. we'll probably have this live, uh, early next week by Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if I, if I should keep it real evergreen and be more general or talk about where we're at in, in time right now. But, but, um, you know, right now, if you are writing your book, podcast and radio is your best friend. Hmm. Yep. Right. Everybody is at home. Everybody is listening and watching and, and reading. This is the other thing. It's not only is it a great time to write your book because you have time, right? Like we were saying earlier, that time argument is off the table. Yep. Um, it's, it's also a great time because people are home with time to read. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's funny because when this first started, I, I saw a marked dip in, it's like our podcast listeners went way down, kind of like everybody freaking out and not, not paying attention to the usual fluffy social media. Um, uh-huh. I saw viewer, you know, everything went down. Uh, Instagram stories went down, everything. And now it's gone way back up and it just makes sense because, you know, A, people have time, but then also B, there's so many um, folks who maybe before, you know, I told you before the show that we pulled this audience and I'm, I'm passionate about, you know, having women uh, become strong financially and earn extra income and have multiple streams of income. And if they're in a dead end job, get out of it. It's too, life's too short to be in a dead end job that stresses you out and destroys your health. Um, so that's why I started this business series, but now more than ever, there's a lot of people who are being forced to say, okay, I don't know when I'm going to be going back to work. It's time to start looking at other ways that I can, you know, make money. Um, and, and not just as a band aid, but, you know, start something that could end up being a long-term fix or a long-term, um, you know, stream of income for you. That's, that's ideal. And so yeah. a lot, a lot more people are going to be looking into these things that maybe they thought someday, maybe someday I'll write that book. Maybe someday I'll start that blog. Well, I think your someday's here. <laughs> I think someday is now. Exactly. exactly. And you want to know, you want to know something funny? Um, this a little bit, a little bit off topic, but uh, you know, all these Facebook memes, right? So there's this meme that's going around on Facebook that it says, you know, where you're, where you're going to be going you know, the first word that you see in this word search is that's where you're going to be going, right? And and the word search only has the word nowhere. Nowhere, 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 nowhere. That's the only word in the entire word search, right? And so I'm looking at that and I realize that nowhere is now here. <laughs> so you are now here. It is time. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. I never did either until I saw the word repeated, you know, <laughs> a thousand times in the square. Um, <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, so, so now's definitely the time. And, and here's, here's kind of one of the cool things about having a book, right? I mean, yes, if, if the book itself can generate income, that is fantastic. It's wonderful. And it can happen, right? You never know. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it, especially with, um, 
with the way things happen socially, right? I mean, why are we all watching the Tiger King right now? Like, who would have thought? <laughs> right? I mean, it's not something exactly. that I would have sought out on my own, but all of a sudden there's all these memes on Facebook and I have to know what they're talking about. So, <laughs> so, so definitely, you know, it could be that you put it out there and it becomes the big thing. I mean, that is the dream. That is the goal. That is the wish. But even if it doesn't, right, let's, let's talk about a model where, where, you know, you, you write your book, you put it out there and not, not a whole lot is going on. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is probably more realistic and that's okay. But here's the thing by virtue of having written that book of being an author, um, you have instant credibility. Nobody asks you when you hand them your book or you offer it to them from the website or you send it to them. So what qualified you to write this book? Mm. You know, the fact that you have a book is your qualification. You now get to talk about that topic because you literally wrote the book on it. Very true. Very true. So, so, so even if the book itself is not immediately a passive income source, it is a stepping stone to help bring that in. And so to help true. either facilitate the pivot or, you know, the, um, the demonstration of expertise and standing out from the noise. I mean, you are literally whispering into, uh, more or less literally. I mean, if you do an audio book, literally whispering into somebody's ear. But, but basically whispering into their ear. I mean, you are having a very intimate conversation with them as they are completely listening to everything you say as they read your word. And, you know, as you said that, like my, my thoughts went down this path of, because I, I hear the way you describe it and certainly something, it's a passion project of mine, but there's a lot of, I see this in any entrepreneurial venture, in many entrepreneurial ventures online. I see so many women who are, you know, like I'm, I'm involved in a couple network marketing businesses, right? And I see women who are either in my downline or, you know, on my team, uh, but, you know, technically under somebody else and they'll go, Oh, you know, if I could just get my confidence up, I just, you know, I want to do all of that. You know, they'll watch a coaching thing and they'll say, I want to do mm -hmm. all of that. But if I can just, if I could just be confident on video, if I could just do this, if you know, just got to get past worrying about being salesy, how do I do this yeah. without being salesy? And then yeah. I see, you know, in general, I see bloggers who are like, I want to make money from my blog, but you know, I don't, I'm scared to reach out to a brand. I mean, I don't want to, how do I sell myself? Um, and it's funny because it was, it was actually talking with three or four, and then that turned into 20 or 30 different women that all that and, and many of them seem to be very accomplished and experienced in making money online in various ventures. Some of them had had ebooks, had their own book on Amazon, had um, their own online program, were making money uh, from their blog. But all of them had this this lack of confidence, inability mm -hmm. to sell themselves, and that's what ended up for me creating this passion project that I have. I created a, a course for women. Um, I called it a sales training course. I'm rebranding it because it's much more confidence training, behavioral training, self-esteem mm. training. But this is one of the things that I think if you're, if you're an author, if you're starting a blog, these are things that you want to start um, addressing within yourself sooner rather than later. And so my question to you is when it comes to confidence, when it comes mm -hmm. to you, you put your first book out there and you don't have a big audience and yeah, you've got that credibility, but there are, mm -hmm. there's still going to be some curious when you did your first book, 
how did you, were you really nervous to present it to people? Were you insecure about, well, they're going to know I'm self-published or they're going to know I'm not a best-selling or, you know, do they, can they tell I've only sold X, you know, books, you know, were you very insecure and how did you get past that? If you were, I, I wasn't, I wasn't very insecure um, because good for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm ADHD. Well, I'm, I'm ADHD and my personality is ready, fire, aim. So, you know, kind of the way that I do things is I dive in and then kind of go, oh, shit, what the fuck am I doing here? Um, so, <laughs> pardon, pardon my French. But, uh, you know, so I kind of approach the book the same way. I mean, uh, if, if I can quickly give you my origin story, if you will. Yes. Um, so, so basically in, I don't know, 2008 or something, I started going to marketing conferences to promote my balloon business. And I had a problem as a balloon artist in that when I say, oh, I'm a balloon artist, automatically, instantly, the first thing your mind goes to is I must be a clown, right? Yes. Most people, maybe not your mind, but most people, they go, oh, so you do birthday parties. And yeah, I did do birthday parties because that's where everybody's mind goes. Somebody wants to give you money. <laughs> Why say no? But I specialized in corporate events. My, my niche really was um, trade shows and conferences, right? Stage backdrops, mm. things like that. So big things. And in fact, I even decorated uh, Obama's White House um, for Halloween one year. So I was part of That's a team That's way that cool. That. Yeah. So I was doing some pretty cool big things that were, you know, nothing wrong with birthday parties, but not quite the same thing, right? And there's kind of a stigma with balloons. And even in the special events industry, balloons, balloon people are kind of like the unwanted stepchild, right? So, so that was the problem that I was struggling with and talk about confidence problem. I mean, I didn't have a confidence problem in putting out the book. I did have a confidence problem, period, especially at networking events with, you know, oh, oh, you do balloons. Oh, that's cute. Well, where do you go from there? And so once I wrote my book and I was able to just then give people my book and go, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do do birthday parties if they're high end enough, but, but actually this is the kind of stuff that I do. Right. And then I handed them my book, which my first book was written for trade show exhibitors and organizers, um, talking about how to use balloons as a marketing vehicle to make more money. Hmm. Right. So they would look at my book, they would flip through it and they'd be like, you wrote this, which is such a silly thing to say, but they always say that. He's like, I just handed you my book. I told you it's my book. My name's on the cover. Why are you? <laughs> but they always say that. There we go. You wrote this? <laughs> you know, like, because they see you differently. That's why. That's that. They're trying to get their head around that you just jump status on them. <laughs> like if it'd be like, what are you doing? Is it, do you see that John Grissom is not the, the author of this book? Like, of course I wrote it. Right. <laughs> right. I know it's funny, but, but okay. You know, you get that they're just trying to, um, to, yes. to adjust to the paradigm shift of, you know, like, like in high school, right. When, when you're all, when you're all dressed up and you're going out and you meet another girl and you're kind of, your assessment is, you know, who's skinnier, right. Who's prettier. Mm. Right. And, and I'm saying this is a big girl, right. I'm, I'm a, I'm uh, definitely in the in the big girl category right there, you know. <laughs> um, and and uh, this COVID nineteen or fifty is not helping. But anyways, um, so so you know, it's it's kind of that same thing that they're dealing with this paradigm shift of oh wow, you're more important and more impressive than I thought you were, you know, kind of thing. This is. But, can I pause you for a second? Yeah, I, that's yeah. A horrible way to say it, but interrupt you. Um, what you just said there is really a, a good point because, you know, again, I, I love that you, you know, you didn't have that, um, 
you know, you weren't dealing with a confidence problem, but yet inside you were like, you know, what I'm picking up is that you were a little insecure about, you know, the industry that you're in and knowing that, you know, people were judgmental. And yet you, you talked about handing your book over. And I honestly, like, I'm just imagining it and thinking, all of a sudden, it was like a calling card for authority and credibility. And That's exactly it really what it is, was. It really is true where people, if, if they, so many women don't see themselves as, because, and, and this goes back to a lot of, again, I, I'm not trying to use the show to, to pimp out my course as much. It's just coming up. But a lot of stuff that we talk about is just like women will go, well, I'm not really an expert. Well, yes, you are. Is there a school of expertism that we go to? No. Yes. And isn't it funny that we women struggle with this more than men? Men are like, yes. hey, I know one fact. I'm an expert. You know? <laughs> and we're like, I well, I don't have three Yeah. We don't have three PhDs, so I'm not qualified. <laughs> um, I mean, there it, it's, it, it really is, it doesn't take much. And, and this is why I think, you know, if you're home and you're starting to do some research, go on YouTube. There are people on YouTube who have an entire channel. They are not like, I remember, so I've been in the fitness space, right? For a long time. And I would always in the early days go, I can't, I can't give, you know, tell people, people would go, show me how you work out or show me how you do this or tell me about your diet. I'm like, but I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a trainer. So I can't do that. We, we diminish ourselves. And then, yes. you know, so many women, I would, I'll see somebody and I'll go, oh my God, you should have a cookbook. You should, oh, but I'm not, you know, I wasn't trained at culinary school. Like why do you, I mean, if you look at some of the most popular people on back when Food Network actually had shows about food, not competitions <laughs> about cupcakes. Um, Nigella Lawson is one of my favorite cookbook authors and, and has you know amazing shows. She's not credentialed at all. She's just a home cook who makes stuff out of other people's cookbooks, but she's a personality. She's, it doesn't hurt that she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so being an expert and being a quote-unquote authority, half of that, I think, is your delivery of saying, hey, guess what? I've been through the storm and I'm an, I'm an expert on this because I've transformed my life. I've written a book on it, whatever. And all of that, it will come in time. But I think, wow, just what you said, that book is, is a calling card to be able to say, mm-hmm. you know what? I've written a whole book on that. I mean, right. I, I've had people who were finding out that I was dealing with chronic headaches and migraines. And I said to them, you know, I'm going to put together an ebook. Now I wasn't thinking like, a full on book, but just like a shorter ebook. I had a waiting list in one day, just, and it was like 15 people, but still it was people who were like, you put something together, I will buy it or I will download it or whatever. And so, yeah, if you have spent time and learned something and experienced a transformation or improved yourself or figured out how to do something and you can teach it, you're an expert and you should, you should realize that authority and put that, you know, up the credibility with a book. So I love that yeah. you brought that well, up. And, and, and actually two points I want to add to that. So one, first of all, if like me, you're just a generally insecure person having a book and, and the way that people look at you once you hand them your book or when they ask you to sign it, which the first time that happened to me, I was like, are you serious? <laughs> that gives you so much confidence. It is such a confidence booster. If the confidence issue is, I'm not good enough to write the book to start with. I don't have enough authority. I don't have enough expertise. Borrow it, research it, interview people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know everything. So, so that's fact, so true. And I'm in so fact, sorry. In fact, my I'm... book, 
No, that's it. That's okay. Go on. <laughs> well, you're making me think of, so there's a, another gal I interviewed, Barbara Stanny, who has published several, you know, traditional publishing, um, but she was on about finances. And the first book that she put out, my understanding is um, she went out and, and interviewed, uh, I think it's called Secrets of Successful Six-Figure Earners. Mm-hmm. And she went out and interviewed um, successful six-figure women, female earners for a book, put that all together put her, you know, put some great quotes in there, put some stats in there, put her take on it. And then uh, there's another woman, um, Dory, I believe it's Dory Clark. Um, She has a book called Entrepreneurial You, but a lot of what she does just even in her social media and in her courses is she's like, look, I was trying to figure out how to make money online. I interviewed people, Mm -hmm. figured out how they made money, that applying what they taught me in my interviews of them I applied that and that transformed my business. And then I wrote a book on it. But, you know, again, if you look at some of these people, it's like, who is, who's going to look at Dory Clark and go, I'm not going to take advice from you. You were broke when you started this. Yeah, but look at what she did. She transformed. I want to learn what she did. And if you really think about what are all of us doing in social media, like why are people coming to your YouTube channel? Because you know something they don't. Why are people right. coming to my Instagram? for whatever reason, same reason they used to come and watch my fitness videos on YouTube. People are coming to you and watching you for a reason, give them more to watch and give them more to experience and, and right. want your expertise. They're not looking for a PhD. And, and I've had people come to me and say, oh, but, you know, but so-and-so already does that. I'm like, okay, so what? You know, like it's totally possible <laughs> that somebody might like you or the way that you deliver the information better than so-and-so. Or that you have a different spin on her, that you have a different perspective, or that just you have a different personality. Like, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. Put yourself out there. And then there's some other ways also to do your book that, um, you know, like you were mentioning quotes, right? I mean, you Mm -hmm. could do a book that you just take your favorite quotes and then explain, you know, uh, like at the top of the page is the quote. In fact, I did have one client who did a book this way. At the top of the page is your quote. Um, Under the quote is why this is meaningful to you, what you get out of it. And then, you know, under that is maybe a question or some reflection for your your reader of how that quote might apply to them or how that quote can help them or something, right? So there's so many ways that you can do it without having to um, have, you know, six PhDs in the subject. (laughs) I mean, that's, you have two, two really good points that you just brought up. Um, number one, because I hear that a lot. Oh, I don't want to start a blog. Um, you know, there's so many great food bloggers out there. Like, why would anybody want to read my blog? Um, and somebody, I can't take credit for this quote, but I use it all the time. Um, it's in one of my business books. Um, but somebody said, if you ever doubt your ability to succeed in a crowded market, walk down the bread aisle at any grocery store. Like, really think about how many different brands of bread, mm, yes. different English muffins. Yes. Why are we talking about bread now? In pre COVID times, when bread was, when the bread aisle was soft full. <laughs> Remember how many toilet papers we used to choose from? <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, you could you could use that that thing for paper towels, for shampoos. Yeah. I mean, and look at the very business of part of we should have this show sponsored by Amazon or self-publishing, whatever. But I mean, go to Amazon. I mean, how many, I would love to look that up, but how many books 
are on Amazon. The very fact that Amazon is the billion dollar organization that it is shows you that, I mean, and, and even before Amazon was as popular as it is, if you look at eBay, um, if you look at eBay, you know, eBay is the business model that shows that what, what the internet has done for business, it, it's to me, okay, I'm trying to get to my point. What eBay does is like the fact that there are people who are going online like me, and I remember looking up my childhood favorite game. It was called Electronic Detective from like 1979. That that I could go on there and there were like 200 people selling that Electronic Detective game. And and that it's here's a site who's bringing together all of these people. Now somebody might say, who in the world would want to buy that game from 1979? But there are people. And it's the same thing with books. The fact mm-hmm. that you can go on Amazon and look up hormonal imbalance or Hashimoto's or some of the weird skin conditions. You, I mean, I've looked up this weird skin condition. I didn't know what it was. And there's all these books. And I don't care if it was put, published by HarperCollins or by a self-publisher. I just want mm-hmm. the information. People right. want diversity of information. They also want to be able to pick. They don't want to say, oh, there's one book on hypothyroidism. I guess that's the only book on hypothyroidism. Why not be able to choose and see who resonates more with you? So that's absolutely brilliant what you said. And and it's really worth noting as well. Um, And I love also your idea about interviewing other people. You know, you don't have to be the expert. Use your experience in learning to go out and, I mean, that's just a fantastic idea in general, whether you're interviewing people for podcasts like you and I are doing. Every time I interview somebody, I become their customer. I become mm-hmm. their obsessed fan. Um, it's a great yeah. way to learn and then, and then inevitably teach. Right. So, so my, my book, Book It, the first you know, third of the book is you know, kind of a how-to. And there's not that much to say about that, right? I mean, here's the steps you need to do. That's it, <laughs> you know? And so then the rest of the book is interviews with various clients of mine in different industries about where they found challenges and how in, in writing their book and what they did to get through it and what, you know, they each used a different method for writing the book as well, right? Whether it was uh, interviews or, or writing, you know, just doing a brain dump of topics and then just um, daily making a, a recording of you just answering that one question or that one topic or whatever, and then, you know, transcribing it. And then that becomes your book, right? There's a lot of different methods to do it. Hey everybody, you've reached the end of part one of this two-part interview with Sandy Missouri. Make sure you listen to part two.